Are the spot Bitcoin ETFs about to expose Bitcoin to a $30 trillion untapped market? Good morning. You're listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to know why no one in crypto will shut up about spot Bitcoin ETFs, make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. We are just a few weeks away from the SEC making their decision on the spot Bitcoin ETFs. So today's episode is going to be ETF heavy, but it's more about analysis on what will happen if they get approved. First up, we'll be discussing Grayscale CEO claiming that spot Bitcoin ETFs open crypto to a $30 trillion market. Does DeFi have a billion dollar secret in the form of insiders? Coinbase's stock continues a bull run of its own. The two risks of the spot Bitcoin ETFs approval that no one is talking about and Bitcoin has the fewest public obituaries in over a decade. Let's start with the big headline. Yesterday, we discussed Michael Saylor's comments on the spot Bitcoin ETFs, where he called them the biggest Wall Street development in the last 30 years. Saylor also believes that the ETFs, in combination with the Bitcoin halving event in April, will cause a demand shock, followed by a supply shock that will bring about a bull run. He's far from alone in this positive sentiment, and we have seen predictions of everything from Bitcoin to $100,000 to Bitcoin to a million dollars, according to Samson Moe, the Jan 3 CEO. Whatever happens with the price, there's one truth that is undeniable. We will see an influx of new money into Bitcoin. And this is where it gets exciting. Grayscale is one of the 13 firms awaiting the SEC's approval of the spot Bitcoin ETF, hoping to convert their famed Grayscale Bitcoin trust. Michael Sonnenschein, the CEO at Grayscale, was interviewed on CNBC yesterday and aired his thoughts on the effects of a positive outcome. He highlighted that one of the real benefits is how these ETFs will unlock investing in Bitcoin to those who previously haven't had the opportunity. To give a sense of this untapped market, Sonnenschein explained, we're really talking about the advised market here in the US, which is today about $30 trillion worth of advised wealth. This is yet more evidence of the demand shock followed by the supply shock as we see the ETF approved and then the halving event. The crypto investor, Anthony Popliano, tweeted another perspective. More than 90% of all Bitcoin is already in circulation. 70% plus is held by people who refuse to sell. Tens of billions of dollars of demand are on the way with the spot Bitcoin ETF. You learned what happened next when your Economics 101 professor taught you supply and demand. Wild. What happens next does seem to be cut and dry, but is there something we're all missing? Share your thoughts with us on at Cointelegraph and at RKBags. You will know by now I love featuring Cointelegraph magazine pieces as they're always fascinating long reads, and this one by Matthew Heller is no different. It feels like we've discussed hacks a lot in the past few months, primarily because the end-of-year reports are released. As much as this space improves, grows, and investment in security increases, hacks are still commonplace. So Matthew's piece looks at one of the major causes of hacks in DeFi, insiders. I know I say this every time, but I just can't do the magazine articles justice in a short segment, so click the link in the show notes to read the full thing. What I will give you is one example that shows why this is such an important area to be aware of. In September 2022, Wintermute, a DeFi platform from my homeland, was hacked for $160 million. A vulnerability in a smart contract that generated vanity wallet addresses of all things was the target of the exploit. The on-chain sleuth named Librahash, whose real name is James Edwards, performed a deep dive on this hack and suggested that Wintermute ought to point the finger internally. Librahash 
Hash said that the nature of the transactions and the complexity of the hack indicated an understanding of the smart contract's workings that only an insider could have had. Wintermute quickly rejected that theory and the blockchain security firm, BlockSec, analyzed LibraHash's report and concluded that it wasn't convincing enough to accuse anyone at Wintermute. You see, the problem is it's near impossible to prove insider involvement in DeFi hacks due to a mixture of complexity and, of course, the anonymity of blockchain transactions. Not to mention all the ways the stolen crypto is washed and redistributed using mixers. There's almost some irony to all of this, as so much of crypto is seen as trustless, and yet trusting those you work with in crypto is more important than trusting those you work with outside of it. William Suberg wrote a piece yesterday using Cointelegraph Markets Pro and TradingView data to analyze the performance of Coinbase's stock, showing just how strong its upward trend has been. As William points out, Coinbase's stock, Coin, and Bitcoin's price have been somewhat correlated. But recently, as bullish as the sentiment around Bitcoin is, for all the reasons we've discussed, the Coin stock is in a league of its own. As of the 19th of December, Coin has seen maximum gains of 400% in 2023, and some traders believe that this trend will continue. I am not a financial analyst, but it seems like such a complex area to untangle. For example, I wonder if there's an interesting counterpoint to the continued growth that's projected. If you remember, earlier this week, we discussed the ETF store president, Nate Garacci, and his comment that the spot Bitcoin ETFs could cause a bloodbath for crypto exchanges due to ETFs having far lower fees to trade. The fee for ETF trades are usually around 0.01%, whereas it's as high as 0.6% on Coinbase. As I said in that episode on the 19th, trading fees account for 77% of Coinbase's total net revenue. So is that not a concern? Then again, buying Bitcoin through an ETF isn't quite the same as holding it yourself. And on that note, Coinbase is the custodian of the Bitcoin for nine out of the 13 firms creating spot Bitcoin ETFs. I think it's important to highlight that even such highly anticipated and largely positive stories in crypto are too complicated to be seen through the lens of just one narrative. And on that note, Tom Mitchell Hill yesterday covered some risks around the spot Bitcoin ETF launch that few people are discussing. This week, the Coinbase Institutional Market Call podcast had an episode called the 2024 Crypto Forecast, in which Coinbase's head of institutional research, David Duong, and senior sales trader, Greg Sutton, flagged two potential risks. The first is about institutions sourcing Bitcoin. Duong and Sutton are both referring to supply here, saying, you need to buy Bitcoin from certain regulated places. What if demand is so great that these guys are unable to acquire the Bitcoin they need. What I think is particularly interesting here is the regulated places part. We've discussed this a little this week because this is part of the reason that the spot Bitcoin ETFs are using a cash model as opposed to the proposed in-kind model that BlackRock wanted. The reason the SEC do not want an in-kind model for the spot Bitcoin ETFs, at least what many have theorized, is that the SEC want it to be clear where the ETFs get their underlying Bitcoin from. That is, they want it to only come from reputable exchanges, though as many ETF experts have observed on X, this doesn't magically solve money laundering with Bitcoin. The second risk is a bit more tradery, but I'll make it straightforward. Sutton worries that the popular institutional trader strategy, known as basis trade, will become far less profitable, and that could negatively impact the market. A basis trade is essentially when there is a difference between the spot price, where you buy Bitcoin right now, and a futures contract where you pay a certain amount on a certain date for the Bitcoin. So traders could buy at 
spot prices when it's cheaper and then sell for closer to the futures price. The difference between spot and futures recently reached as much as 20%. The spot Bitcoin ETFs will instead allow institutional investors to use the ETF to invest in Bitcoin, which will cause the difference in price between spot and futures to shrink. This could impact liquidity alongside other deeper finance markers that are beyond my little brain. These sorts of considerations are important because a lot of people in the crypto community see the spot Bitcoin ETFs as simply a line goes up moment, but they will bring about a lot of change, some of which we may not have yet predicted. One of my favorite things on the internet is by a website called 99Bitcoins, and it's called Bitcoin Obituaries. This tool tracks the number of times the mainstream media or a person with a significant following declares that Bitcoin is dead in an article. We're not just talking about clickbait headlines or tweets. The content, and I quote the tool's guidelines here, must be explicit about the fact that Bitcoin is or will be worthless. No maybe, no could. Since 2010, the tool reports that Bitcoin has died 474 times. The first death occurred back on the 15th of December 2010 when it was said that Bitcoin cannot be a currency and the most recent death was on the 22nd of April 2023 where the 1.6 million follower VC Chamath Palapatia said that crypto is dead in America on the All In podcast. Though in fairness, as Martin Young pointed out, it seems as though this obituary is more about regulatory overreach than any personal feelings toward crypto. Well, as we near the close of 2023, there are some interesting statistics to be had from the charts. Generally, and expectedly, Bitcoin obituaries spike during crashes and crypto winters. 2017 was the worst year for Bitcoin mistakenly being pronounced dead with 124 instances, and not far behind that was the rough year of 2018. In third place is, again unsurprisingly, 2021 as FTX went under and Bitcoin was in freefall. Although I think this is highly entertaining and I would like nothing more than to go through some of these headlines, you might wonder why I'm telling you this. Well, 2023 has seen only seven obituaries for Bitcoin, the lowest in over 10 years. You'd have to go back all the way to 2012 to see a lower number. The professional trader Oliver L. Velez commented on X saying, in two to three more cycles, each cycle is four years, there will be no Bitcoin obituaries. At this time, saying Bitcoin is going to die will be as silly as saying air is going to fail. We are trending there. I don't often set listener tasks, but I would love someone to work out for me how much profit you would have made if you bought Bitcoin on every single single one of the 474 times it was pronounced dead. That was a fun story to end on, but that is it for today. Consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow.